professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by F.L. Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with F.L.'s Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And uh, this evening we'll be talking about the trucking business uh, to Aldo uh, DeCarolis of Vitesse Transport. That's right. Uh, trucking, transport, logistics, uh, quite the business. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots can go great, lots can go wrong. Uh, and the business has, has really uh, flourished. So we'll we'll uh, we'll hear that uh, that that growth story. It's uh, really super interesting. Fun fact: I used to I used to work in that business as a transport broker in my early. Yet you're not there anymore. I, not, I wonder why. It's a tough business. Oh my god! I'm, I have lots of questions for for Aldo. Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, later. But first, as usual, entrepreneurial news of the week. And uh, let's start by talking about um, uh, this uh, piece on what's known as uh, I guess uh, the great marketing debate these days. Um, this is from Inc.com. Do you go with an agency or do you go with an employee? And I think the, the what entrepreneurs have to determine first is what exactly do they want? What exactly do they need? What are their expectations? If you hire one employee, I, I guess if I take a half a step back, it depends on how many different things you want to do in your marketing plan. Can one employee really cover the breadth of information and knowledge that an agency can cover? There's no question if you have your own team member, your own employee, they're for you. They're a hundred percent there. You know, they move, they eat, they breathe, they drink, they, they really live that business and they can turn on a dime and, and have their entire heart into it. But will they understand all the aspects? Will they understand the social media versus the, um, versus maybe the print media versus event planning? Ver I mean, there's so many different aspects and, and Dan, you know, you, you certainly, you live in and breathe this as well every day there must be challenging times where you say, you know what, I don't know how this company does it. And you must face that too. Like why are, why don't people do it internally versus using the experts, using people that can have a breadth of information that have their, their team of four, five, six, 12 people hmm. that all have specialties and can all do what they do really well. Totally. And it's something that uh, it's a question we get uh, a lot. And of course I'm biased here because <laughs> I'm obviously more leaning towards agency myself, but I would, I would say that uh, if you're a large corporation, you actually do want to have that stuff internal. You know, you're not going to hire, you know, Dan Delmar and his team to do your communications. You're going to, you're going to have a vice president of marketing who's going to have all that expertise with you. But for the average small to medium sized business, um, you know, you could go out and hire, you know, like a recent uh, uh, business school grad, for example, you know, pay them 60 to $80,000 a year and get uh, a decent amount of work that way. Or you have a more diverse, uh, like you said, a more diverse team uh, filled with uh, various experts in various fields who can do a bunch of things at once and who you don't necessarily need every day. So I think for the average small to medium-sized business owner, uh, it's not realistic to hire a full-time marketing person. So that's that's the... There's no question that the entrepreneur, him or herself, have to figure out what they want to begin with. Yeah. And what how much areas, they want to invest. And how much they want to invest. So you got to go back to basics, that kind of zero-based budgeting, saying, okay, I can afford this amount. What am, where's my best bang for the buck with those dollars? Mm -hmm. 20,000, 30,000, 80,000, whatever it might be. What's the best bang for the buck? Where are my priorities? And how do I how do I best tackle them? Yeah, and if your your budget is in the six figures, I would say uh, you know a small marketing company is probably not for you. Unless you're really looking for that creative first, and you know, can you hire that's somebody that's creative, creative yeah. and then go into you know the the social media posting? Sometimes it takes a little bit more than that. So yeah. 
that that's why I say it's it's about budget. There's no question, but it's about your priorities and what you want to tackle first, second, third. Yeah, the day to day marketing. I should I should clarify is something that uh, uh, that can be handled by one person usually in a, in a business sometimes, but it's the creative, the strategy, and yeah, everything that goes along with it. Um, artificial intelligence. Uh, speaking of marketing strategy, this is something that I think is fascinating, uh, and is being being used more and more uh, to, with varying success in marketing. Um, what are your thoughts on AI and uh, and how it could impact uh, the, the selling landscape. We, we've spoken a lot about uh, AI in the last uh, few months or so, and there's no question the technology is improving. There's no question, you know, we've spoken about chatbots uh, before where it's, it's really kind of an automated reply, online chat automated uh, with the, the, the learnings of that, that AI software, that, that computer in the background that's learning, that learning as it goes. I think it's absolutely amazing what the programming can be done today. You can teach computers and they can continue learning afterwards what to respond, what to look out for. Their, your social media posts, if you, you know, give certain categories and keywords, it can look out for it and it can, it can you know, you, you outline whatever parameters you want and it will continue to do that. And then it will learn from there the more you either like it or feed it or, or what have you. And I think it's, we said, you know, we said, AI, artificial intelligence, unlike the industrial revolution, is going to not replace low-level jobs, it's going to start replacing high-level jobs. Mm-hmm. The thinkers, the, the doers, it will replace some low-level stuff too. There's no question about it. You know, with the, the chatbots and the replies, the, you, you know, you'll hire less from the Indian, India perspective, you know, the outsourcing. But artificial intelligence, there is some absolutely amazing things that can be done that people don't even realize uh, what, what AI can actually do. So from a marketing aspect, if we're looking at that, some of the, the, the items you were talking about before, Dan, the kind of day-to-day tasks, those might actually be okay for marketing for, for artificial intelligence. Maybe not the big creative scope and all that, but, but certainly the day-to-day, uh, maybe some posting, maybe some uh, scheduling or event planning and reaching out to customers. I think there's a lot of things that, that can actually be done by the AI software. From what I've seen, uh, there was a, there was one big PR company in Montreal that announced recently they were fascinated to learn about it. Uh, a lot of it is done in social media, like uh, replying, for example, to, to inquiries and stuff like that, you know, rent and, and normal, I think, and, and not, con- I wonder how it's going to be applied to the creative fields. I mean, what, what guys like me uh, are going to be out of work in 10 years because of robots? I think it'll be a little bit more difficult to apply to creative fields, but not out of the realm of possibility. Mm. I think that's just a, a matter, a matter of time because creative is just taking all your learnings from, okay, maybe more than this, and I'm not necessarily a creative person, but certainly it is your vast amount of experience over the years and applying that to create something new. I don't see why computers eventually can't do that too. And also on AI in Financial Post, uh, this is an interesting headline. Even small businesses are getting a boost with, uh, with... I think, again, it's amazing what you might find out there in artificial intelligence. And the article cites, a, you know, gives a couple of examples of some AI software that's working. One of them I found absolutely super fascinating. And it's a, it's a software, it's an AI software called Beagle. And what does Beagle do, you say? Great question, Dan. Beagle essentially reads, reviews, contracts. It can go through your contract with whatever set of parameters and figure out, you know, does it include all the aspects that you would normally have, whether it's a customer contract or what have you, you know, payment terms, out clauses, you know, contingencies and all the like. And this is a set of parameters that have been fed into a computer 
at this artificial intelligence software and is able to analyze contracts in seconds. Forget the the hours and possibly days it might take an attorney to walk through and go back and forth and understand it. This is uh, this is something that I, I just found fascinating. Now, I'd have I have to of course see it to believe it, but there's there's no question about it that AI software is is leaps and bounds ahead. And what small businesses can understand is that they're probably a lot of them working on a SaaS model, software as a service, and for a low monthly fee, can probably have access to some of this artificial intelligence to help their small business. Finally, also from Financial Post, uh, this is something we did early on, found it rewarding and great networking too. Uh, On-the-road workplace rental options. Lots of uh, of interesting uh, people in that field. I mean, here in Montreal, there's Breather, there's WeWork. Uh, there's a whole bunch of places where you can rent offices, some app-based Um great for startups it is i mean there, there's probably a good uh probably a good 70 co-work sharing spaces uh i was at le salon 1861 the other day i mean it's uh, and they all are kind of specializing in their own in their own area but the point of, of the article was that for entrepreneurs traveling the world or or in various cities space is expensive and mobility is happening everywhere as long as you're part of a network and rework and breather is maybe a, a better example because they're worldwide or they're they're located in many cities. So if you're part of one network, uh, and even breather, you don't have to even be part of it. You can just kind of go in and pay by the hour. It is an absolutely great alternative for entrepreneurs on the go, on the run. If they need, if somebody from Montreal is traveling to New York, you don't have an office there. Why not a WeWork? Why not a breather? It's it's a, you know why not it's a very nicely set up room and people are just getting used to it i think it's a great alternative and it's only the beginning coming up we'll talk about the transport business with aldo de carolus from vitesse transport that is on the way professional advice with a personal touch consult fl fuller landau chartered professional accountants and business advisors click on flmontreal.com inspiring stories from outstanding business people dan delmar and fl's josh miller with you for today's entrepreneur and this evening let's welcome into studio aldo de carolus of vitesse transport aldo welcome to cjd thank you uh, for being here (laughs) so first uh easiest question what is vitesse transport uh, tell us uh, what you do for a living well uh, vitesse transport obviously is a uh, trucking company we're an asset-based carrier um we service uh, pretty much uh, the uh, quebec ontario uh, markets and then into the u.s we're a cross-border um, uh, trucking company um, we also specialize in um, our flatbed division, uh, LTL. So LTL is, stands for less than a truckload. And of course, the standard truckload uh, business that uh, we haul for different types of co- uh, clients that we have uh, into the U.S., in and out of the U.S., um, and also into Mexico. So we've, we've diversified our, our business. Um, not only are we a trucking company as well, we're also a warehousing company. We offer warehousing services. We have over 300,000 square feet of warehousing uh, capabilities for our clients. So also pick and pack? Pick and pack, yeah. We uh, prepare orders for uh, certain clients. We uh, store long-term, short-term um, uh, for, for them. And uh, and uh, and then certainly the, the pick and pack, like you mentioned, uh, Josh, uh, we uh, we prepare orders uh, as they come in through our, 
our system. So. Refrigerated items too, refrigerated trucks. Yeah, and- uh, definitely. Uh, we're uh, we're uh, a heavy uh, heavy transporter into that as well, especially um, when we uh, make our way out to to California. Obviously, uh, the fruits and vegetables that we eat on a on a daily basis uh, gets transported on a uh, on a truck, and uh, we're part of that that whole cycle. So now, when did Vitesse start? Like, how long ago was that? Yeah, so I uh, I I started in 2000. Uh, that's when I uh, incorporated the company and uh, uh, had this vision to uh, to to start and be my own business owner. Uh, trucking. What, what was, were you doing before that? Well, I was I was I was a sales rep for a trucking company. So that's how I gained my experience. And then after that, I moved on to a um, a, a, a third party broker. Uh, in the in the in in that, so I gained both uh, trucking asset side business and uh, experience, and also on the uh, on the brokerage side. So today, um, not only are we uh, an asset based carrier uh, with you know with the trailers and the trucks that I mentioned, but we also have a uh, a third party uh, division that complements our trucking division. So we try to provide solutions to our clients. Uh, not only uh, do we have trucks, but if our trucks are Full or booked up with uh, with existing freight, then we'll uh, we'll reach out to our partners that uh, we've established over you know over the years. I've been doing this for uh, I'm going on my 25th year, so uh, I've I've established some good uh, partnerships with other carriers as well. Did, did you have kind of an aha moment? You were working for somebody else as an employee, and you said, you know what, uh, I I just got to I got to do it on my own. I I can't work for anybody anymore. Yeah. Or I think I can do it better. Or or you had different ideas. Was there was there kind of a, an aha moment that said I just got to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly uh, uh, getting involved in this business as as uh, competitive as it is, uh, there was a moment uh, where where it a moment of insanity, right? When you uh, wanted to pretty do much, your own, pretty much insanity. It's like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, uh, and so uh, it was it was back in the day, like in the early '90s when I first got into this. I always had this um, uh, vision to uh, to to um, uh, start my own business. Um, transport was something that I really enjoyed doing uh, I, I i take great satisfaction in knowing that we can transport goods that end up in 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 people's household uh uh and transport that thousands of miles away and uh and be part of uh of, of that you know when you first started vitesse did yeah. you already did you start with a truck or was it more logistics or did well, you actually start with the assets so uh well that's a that's a good question i uh we I was zero assets. In, in fact, to this day, I have no idea how to drive a truck or, or how to operate a truck. Well, it's a good thing it's on video. We were going to yeah. film this, you know, with him driving. I don't, I don't yeah. know how that would. No, gone. it wouldn't be good actually. And uh, so I started as a as a pretty much a broker, um, and from there, uh, by natural default, uh, things started to happen. Our clients demanded that uh, we get into the uh, the trucking side of the business, and um, and so I just you know we took a leap of faith and. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's a necessary evil, is is what I say. Uh, getting into the uh, trucking business, uh, as you know, uh, it's very expensive, and uh, uh, so yeah. But basically, start off with zero trucks, zero trailers, just a thousand square feet of of office space. So That's then, it. the next part of the story is acquiring <laughs> your first truck or fleet of trucks. And when we yeah. come back from the break, we'll continue on that thought. Talking Thank about you. trucking with Aldo De Carolis of Vitesse Transport this evening on today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
This evening we're chatting with Aldo De Carolis of Vitesse Transport and started uh, from scratch in, uh, in 2000, Aldo, after you were a transport broker and I guess you decided you got the entrepreneurial bug. And uh, tell us about uh, the first few purchases because uh, that is, that's a pretty... Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, seeing that uh, I was um, a broker at the time, had no idea uh, what, what I was getting myself into. Uh, with with uh, regards to the costs of of a truck and everything that is uh, is attached to it, but it's um, uh, basically what happened one day is I just came into the office and I was talking to uh, my partner and I said we need to buy trucks and uh, uh, I told him you know let's let's figure this all out and uh, obviously um, buying trucks is a, a big expense mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, moving parts attached to a, a truck rolling on the road. Uh, so uh, we uh, ventured out and started leasing uh, a few in the beginning, and um, one thing led to to another. And uh, again, momentum took over. Our, our clients uh, appreciated what we what we did, and obviously the service level speaks for itself. So from there, it was just a natural uh, progression. So the decision to lease was more, you know, it was an easier way to manage cash flow versus a a big purchase of a, of a small fleet to begin with. Exactly. Um, of course, going out and buying X amount of trucks is a huge uh, um, uh, uh, hit to the cash flow. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's companies out there that offer this kind of service where you uh, you lease for a short period of time, long period of time, and then you pay as you go. Was, um, the, was there a point where leasing got to be too expensive or inefficient from from a dollar standpoint i mean once you get to so many trucks yeah. must be more efficient or, or, or better from a bottom line standpoint to start buying them yeah so the way it works is uh you know you go out and there's um, these leasing companies where you lease a truck and then they 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 charge you on a per mile basis um and so once you reach that that threshold where uh your fleet becomes bigger than you know, than what you were expecting it to be, then that doesn't become, uh, leasing doesn't become a, a good viable option. And then at one point in time, um, as, as uh, you know, as we got together with my partners and, and, and our, our, our board, we, we decided to actually um, open up or, or create a maintenance garage where we service now uh, all our trucks uh, in-house. So, you know, that obviously cuts out the, uh, the, uh, it's your the, way of being vertical. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but then again, that too is also a necessary evil, as I mentioned, because it's an expense right to the bottom line. Uh, but it, it's the cost of doing business. So when you went out, when you, how did you know when it was the right time to stop leasing, when it was too costly on the per kilometer charge? Is that something you knew going in? Did you have to educate yourself on that? I had no idea. Uh, it was trial and error, pretty much. Uh, we, we run our business on, on miles and not kilometers. And so uh, once we started doing our, our analysis of our costs versus, you know, uh, the, the amount of trucks that we had on our fleet, uh, uh, we obviously made a, a, a business decision to uh, switch to the leasing option and, and move on to uh, um, having our own mechanics in-house where we have a little bit, not a little bit, we have very much uh, a a greater control on our expenses. But the, the mechanics in-house, whether you lease or whether you buy, you still have a use for them. Yes, there's no doubt. When you have a lease, it's really not your responsibility. It's mm-hmm. it's the leasing company, whoever that may be. Uh, whereas with our own trucks now, it's it's our own equipment. Um, there's there's also a value to that after once the, the, uh, the life of that truck is over, there's still some... Uh, 
equity that you can sell it for and 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 recover some of your money. But uh, uh, that's, that's very very do. different between leasing and buying. And there's no doubt there's a finance aspect to it. You have partners. You have a whole team. I know that you use technology to to a great yeah. degree. So uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to touch on all those things and more. Professional advice with a personal touch? Consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by F.L. Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with F.L.'s Josh Miller. And our guest this evening is Aldo de Carolis of Vitesse Transport. We'll chat with Patrick Sullivan, trustee at F.L., uh, in a little bit about uh, protecting those assets, very big assets, uh, Aldo. And But let's talk about the business itself and how unpredictable it is. Uh, just going back to my university days when I was a broker for a while, I mean, whether it was gas prices or something crazy happened, it seems like you always had to respond to some kind of fluid situation. How do you how do you project uh, calmness to your customers when, you know, prices could vary greatly because of the gas or anything can happen on the roads? Well, uh, good question. I think that uh, the cost of uh, gas prices, everybody's aware that it's, it's public knowledge, so it's not like something uh, comes out of the blue. Um, uh, we're very fortunate that our clients are uh, extremely understanding to, to these fluctuations in the in the marketplace. Um, obviously, when our trucks are rolling down a highway, there's a lot of unpredictability, such as accidents of, of that nature that are out of our control. Weather is a major issue as well. Uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, the uh, uh, our insurance, you know, like to, to insure our trucks and these 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 things that are traveling all across the country, uh, it's it's also uh, a major uh, um, a risk to us as well uh, with the, with the increasing um, uh, pricing in, in in insurance as well. So all these factors that come into play at times could become very stressful. Um, you know, we, we I do have an amazing team behind me that that handles this kind of stuff uh, as well, and so uh, you know we just manage uh, manage it through uh, through uh, just. You know. So with with all the customers, you say you know you have a, a great customer base and their understanding. Mm-hmm. Have you ever said no to a customer? Um, I don't think no exists in my vocabulary, Josh. I mean, uh, especially when it comes to uh, a client uh, uh, request. Uh, if we can't do it, we'll figure it out, um, and of course. At, Ultimately, the client will decide whether they want to uh, look at different options. But n- no, never. Uh, we've done crazy things. And uh, what was the strangest uh, item you had to deliver? Well, listen. I mean, it was a it was a crazy request, but it was uh, believe it or not a, a dead body that needed to be in a reefer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have refrigerated trucks, yeah. yeah. So it needed to. Uh, it was a it was a it was a a, a very crazy request, request, but you know, nonetheless, it had to. It has to get done. So, um, so now that we, you know, we were talking about at the beginning of the program, we were talking about artificial intelligence. So we're talking about technology. Mm-hmm. Technology must play a huge role in your business, certainly, as you have to look at to being a, the most cost efficient possible to tracking your trucks on the road. I mean, but I know it's more than just the GPS. Yeah. So talk to us about technology and how that's improved yeah, and affected your business. Uh, we're, we're heavily invested, and we've leveraged our technology um, uh, with our trucks. Uh, the the trucking industry has come a long way uh, with with regards to uh, technology. It's um, believe it or not more technology driven than anything. We are uh, we're, we're we're a firm believer in using technology uh, in our trucks and and like you mentioned, not only to track and trace, but also um, you know uh, looking at 
the cost behind a truck, the the miles to the gallon, the MPGs, uh, idle time, things of that nature that that we can look at and and make analytical decisions as far as uh, whether we're making money or not. Looking at technology as well as um, uh, uh, figuring out a lane which is if it's profitable or not if if it's a losing if it's a loss leader well we'll we'll make a decision based on the client's needs but sometimes um looking at a, a different lane is not as profitable as others and the technology will tell us it, it'll tell us what the the truck is doing at that at that given time I, so, I guess also with your ltl business you're less than a truckload that also must play into it and certainly in the logistics and yeah, and the going and you sure. know delivering and picking up so your trucks are as definitely I mean, not everything empty. Uh, so w- and as i mentioned technology has changed uh, it's going to change even more with uh, electronic logbooks uh, which which is it takes away the guessing work from from the driver's standpoint of view so we're heavily invested into that um, 95% of our, my 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 fleet of trucks is all e-logs it's also uh, a way of uh, keeping the road safe out there uh, because now your your our drivers are running legally uh, the, the 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 technology is telling us exactly what needs to be done and getting back to your LTL it also uh, optimizes our routes and so so that we could maximize on our profits hopefully with our LTL you you were talking about you made reference to your team earlier and you yeah. know you 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 can't do anything alone you have to yeah. do with a team how many employees are you today so uh Today we're uh, over Box. 200 employees. Uh, th- that's including drivers. Uh, so in our in our office, we're about uh, close. So to- you started off as one employee, or yeah. maybe a couple. We- You're now at a little over 200. Yeah. Uh, at what point, you know, uh, oftentimes we ask the question, because when you're a small business, you only have a few employees, you're mm-hmm. fairly informal with your team. And, you know, there's yeah. there's maybe not as many written policies, mm-hmm. you know, as you progress and certainly at 200. Mm-hmm. At what stage did you feel you went from mm-hmm. informal mm-hmm. to more formal processes? And maybe you're still mm-hmm. informal for all I know. Well, we're, we're somewhat still informal. Uh I, I still consider myself somewhat of a mom and pop, uh, obviously from the humble beginnings. Uh, I, I try not to, and, and I, I preach this in our office, we never lose who we, who we are and where we come from. But of course, as the company grows, structure, procedures, things of this nature have to come into play. And, Consistency uh, is really yeah, your friend with yeah, a lot, of, especially sure. with a lot of drivers, yeah. a lot of people yeah. on the road. But uh, we're 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 different uh, in in the sense that uh, uh, all our executives uh, and and our, our our staff members all have an open door policy. Our drivers are able to talk to every single one of us. I have drivers that text me, um, and and everyone in our office. It's I try to keep it loose. We try to keep it loose, anyways. And even though it's a very stressful environment, uh, especially in our in our in our, in our dispatch area where um, it's get kind of hectic, uh, but we try to keep it loose. And then keep- your your drivers are going to start texting you to take driving lessons, truck driving lessons soon. Now. <laughs> well, I I uh, I, uh, I, uh, I I challenge them to, uh, to to teach me how to drive a truck because I one day I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, just uh, just let us know when to stay off the road. <laughs> yeah. So now you're, we're talking about, you know, gaining ideas, as you say, always about the people around you. Uh, it's not all about Aldo. There's, there's a lot of people that contribute. You had spoken to me a little off air or off air a little bit about company retreats and, and how you feel you're getting the most of that. Maybe, can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, we recently started doing these company retreats, uh, I'd say about three or four years ago. Um, for me, it was new 
is something that I never would have thought of. But uh, you know, with con- in conjunction with our our management team, our executive board, uh, our HR. It's um, not 200 people at the retreat, no, no, right? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're a select few, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's the executives, our, our management team and a select few, uh, uh, personnel are, uh, that, that are invited. Um, we've obviously collaborated with, uh, the, uh, John, John Wilson school of business to help us through this retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, during our retreats, we have a, uh, um, a keynote speaker that comes in. It's a, so it's, it's like a motivational, it's a motivational thing uh, uh, everyday life type of uh, stories that 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 they share with us uh, and then we kind of like uh, break up in teams and we uh, each individual person has um, uh, their own team that we discuss it's also it's a way to disconnect from the everyday uh, business and and let us focus on the upcoming year it, it allows us to put in uh, goals to achieve achievable goals uh, it it's also a way of uh, budgeting for the for the new year as far as uh, each individual department. Uh, so it's something that uh, that I n- never thought it would happen, but it, and it's it's a very good tool for us. Often uh, retreats there's some great ideas and a lot of motivation, mm-hmm. but the trick is afterward the follow up the, yeah. the the actionable items to make sure that that things are executed. Have you felt uh, have you have you been really good at that follow up and that execution? Or do you think they're like, how did that work? So for you? that's, a, that's again, another good question. It, it's a challenge. I mean, because then the everyday, uh, everyday rush of, of what we do kicks in and, uh, it, but, but we have, you know, we have our, our executive team that is responsible. We have managers that have to, uh, manage the people. And, and so we, we hold people accountable and that's what we want to continue to do. And, and holding people accountable also is a way of having structure in our, in our business. So one last quick question yeah. before we run out of time at this part, you're based in Montreal, right? Yes. Is there any, what's next? I mean, you know, is Toronto, you said you're in Montreal, yeah. uh, you know, your Quebec, Ontario is, is Toronto next? Yeah, so, I mean, we have a sales office in Toronto that is doing ex- very, very well. Um, obviously, our, our expansion is into the U.S. and also poten- potentially some acquisition, some low-hanging fruit that we're looking at to to organically grow our business. Uh, and so that's, those are the, the some of the, uh, the, the plans, our five-year plan, if you will. Paulo De Carolis from Vitesse Transport. He's going to stick around. We'll have his one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur at the end of the show. But next, Patrick Sullivan, trustee with FL, is going to talk about assets. And if you are in a business uh, that has to protect big, big assets, so you might want to tune in for Patrick in just a moment. But first, 745. CJD 800 traffic, Kira Yeager. We had a fender bender recently. It was on the Met Westbound at St. Croix in the right lane. It is now gone. So the Met Westbound is recovering. Still a little busy from around Delorier de St. Croix, but moving a lot better. We also have a stalled vehicle out there. It's um, in the Anjou Interchange in the 25 North ramp going on to the 40 Eastbound in the right lane. So watch out for that. On the 40 Eastbound at Highway 13 in the right lane, we had a towing operation. That one has ended. And basically, Basically, the rush hour is over and done with, although we are going to have a closure on the westbound Met overnight, and it'll be from Lac Ordaire to St. Laurent from 11 until 5, and that's going to mean using the service road during those hours. Don't forget, if you want to install a pool, know what's below. It could be costly. Visit Info Excavation at info-ex.com. It's a free service. Traffic and transit every 15 minutes on CJAD 800. Next report is at 8 o'clock.
Late Night Laughs, seven nights a week. The Comedy Show with Joey Elias. You ever talk about a movie with someone that read the book? They're always so condescending. Ah, the book was much better than the movie. Oh, really? What I enjoyed about the movie? No reading. On your radio at 11. Brought to you by the Comedy Nest. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. This April, Closets by Design is giving 50% off the space of your dreams. With free consultation and free installation, getting your home organized has never been easier. Call Closets by Design today, 514-631-6777. Here's a delicious invitation to experience Gibby's. You can choose up north in St. Sever or in beautiful old Montreal. Dinner with friends or family, a business meeting, a celebration, a romantic evening. Perfectly prepared rib steak or Gibby's classics like rack of lamb, chicken Kiev, fresh oysters, the finest, freshest seafood. As long as Montrealers can remember, Gibby's has been making dining experiences into memories. Free Valley Parking in Old Montreal. Give them a call for reservations. Gibby's, 282-1837. Get rewarded faster at Esso Stations, 25% faster. Pay in store for fuel and something else, or fuel in a car wash... Then swipe your SO Extra or Aeroplan card and earn 25% more points or miles. Limited time offer. CSO.ca for conditions and minimum purchase requirements. Okay, now do 30 sit-ups. Can we skip those? My back's been sore lately. Hmm, maybe your mattress is out of shape. Go to Dormez Vu's Sealy High Tech Sale. Sealy Optimum mattresses have OptiCore technology providing extra support to the lumbar region. A mattress can do that? Absolutely. Now, let's get her done so you can save huge at the Dormez Vu Sealy High Tech Sale. Plus, get a hot by Sealy Optimum Queen set for just $6.39. But it all ends soon. Everyone should sleep well, Andrew Carter here, and I'd love you to join me at a comedy night for the Douglas Foundation, featuring legend Joey Elias with Darren Henwood and Lawrence Korber. May 4th at the Douglas Hall in Verdun. 75 bucks starts at 6, cocktails, we'll talk mental health, and then the comedy show. You'll get a partial tax receipt and support the Foundation's mission. Laughter is great for mental health. Come and laugh your head off while supporting a great cause. Seats are limited. For more information, douglasfoundation.qc.ca. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you. Our guest this evening is Aldo De Carolus of Vitesse Transport. We'll have his one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur in a moment. But first, we welcome back Patrick Sullivan, trustee at FL, uh, talking about assets in uh, the transport industry. Welcome back, Patrick. Good evening, gents. And, you know, we've we've heard the you know the great story, Vitesse Transport, and it's it's on the way up, but things are going really well. The question is... What happens when it doesn't go so well? What happens when things go sour in the transport business? What have What have you seen? What's the first uh, eighty things that pop into your head? Well, there's there's more than eighty, but there's the, the the I guess the biggest challenge. Well, there are a number, but the first biggest challenge, especially when you're dealing with a brokerage company that has many many owner operators that have one or two trucks. And you have to announce to these guys that uh, you know what your your last trip isn't going to get paid and these guys have obviously spent the money spent the fuel and they're just standing there and then they're starting to figure out that hey i may lose my rigs because of this that's challenge number one challenge number two comes with challenge number one a lot of the guys are still hauling product that belongs to somebody and all of a sudden they say okay you know what i ain't delivering 
I'm sitting on it. You, if you don't pay me, try to try to locate where the goods are. That's challenge number two. And then you have the customers, the ones that have the stuff that's supposedly to be delivered that are calling upon you and saying, hey, guys, uh, my goods were supposed to be delivered yesterday. Where, where are they? I mean, somebody, my client is waiting for those goods at the other end. Those are the typical challenges that we, we you know, step one that we meet. So there's, I mean, there, there's lots of different aspects to it. There's the, the trucking company itself that, you know, if, if that goes belly up, then, you know, all its customers, you know, have, have issues. Uh, how do, I guess from the customer, from the entrepreneur, from, I guess from the VTES customer standpoint, how do they protect themselves? Can they even protect themselves? Well, uh, it's, it's fairly hard to protect yourself, especially when you're using external brokers. If, if it's your own people, it's your own trucks, chances are you'll be able to bring everybody home. When it's external uh, brokers, then it's a little more rock and roll uh, in order for them to make sure that they are going to deliver and maybe get paid, maybe not. Sometimes these guys are tapped out, then the, the, the fuel credit cards get tapped out, and they're just sitting there. And often, sometimes, uh, it's my understanding that uh, the, the trucking companies can get uh, caught in between a fight between two other parties. Absolutely. That happens also. Uh, you know, it, it, there's so many situations that, that, I mean, we could go on for hours just chit-chatting about what can happen. Aldo is itching to say something. Go yeah. for it, Aldo. No, I, I mean, to your point, Patrick, I think uh, that uh, when a situation like that happens, it's when I, a broker, a non-asset-based uh, broker, will sell a load or broker a load to a carrier, and then um, that broker will then either pull the plug and not pay the carrier, and then that's what... A lot of these onesies, twosies kind of carriers that, that depend on uh, a third party as a client. Um, and so I've seen that in the industry. And ultimately, the client or the, 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 the consignee or whoever's on the bill of lading, um, uh, which is a legal document, is the person who is, who's ultimately responsible to pay. And oftentimes, they have to, you know, they pay twice. Mm-hmm. They have to pay the broker and then then the then the transport guy that really uh, did that, the, that, that one really guy that has that one load. truck, yeah, will then go back and and then there's uh there's so, a so, double payment. So yeah. buyer beware, entrepreneur, you know, yeah. you sometimes you know the old adage you get what you pay for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sometimes you have to be worry about yeah. that. More on assets plus Aldo's one piece of device for today's entrepreneur that's next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back. Our guest this evening, Aldo DeCarolis, will be along uh, again in just a second with his uh, one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. But first, Josh, chatting with Patrick Sullivan of FL about uh, protecting assets in the transport industry. And, you know, in transports, and we, you know, your big assets, you know, are very important, the trucks and the loads and all that. But there's also the receivables. There also, you know, you you have a bunch of customers that aren't paying you in a day or not always by credit card. So you have that big asset to protect or to handle as well after. Well, the uh, a lot of the transport companies try to deal with the the true end user. In other words, I have a number of truckloads that we know this customer is going to be coming daily or weekly, and those are sort of guaranteed. The problem arises when you're dealing with five, six, seven hundred different customers or brokers that you're doing work for, and then the surprise may arise where, hey, you're not, you're not getting paid. 
that's the challenge in, in terms of the receivables. When we put on our liquidators hat and we try to, you know, collect those receivables, anything and everything can happen. But it's like any other type of business. The minute that there's an insolvency situation, nobody wants to pay. So the load came in late, this, whatever happened. I whatever mean, penalties. Whatever they penalties can... they can give you, they'll give you. And especially when you're doing cross-border uh, and, and, and you have a number of smaller clients, nobody's going to sue an American company or an American broker for three three grand and try to fight it in the U.S. And, and I presume... You know, we were talking a little off air. They also sometimes sell their receivables. They factor their receivables. Yeah. What have you seen that, Aldo, in, in your we, business? We've uh, we've experienced that with uh, smaller trucking companies that um, um, our 3PL division sells to, uh, where they uh, we actually don't pay that that carrier. We pay a factoring company, and so uh, obviously the factoring company is in is in business to make money, and so they take uh, X amount of percentages off the top, uh, and so we've we're fortunate that uh, we have a. Uh, we, we don't have that issue. So, it's, it's always I, a question I'm, of cash flow. Yeah. I mean, the smaller companies, yeah. smaller brokers will try to get their money as fast as they can. Yeah. And what happens fact, to the loads? What factory. happens to the stuff on the trucks? Well, no, because it, it's, a, it's a game. Everybody knows the game. Uh, you, you deliver the, the order, and, the, and then by the time the truck gets back and the time you prepare your, 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 your invoice and you send it out, then it sits on somebody's desk for 30 days. Well, now, now that, that becomes... 45 to 50 plus 60 days at, at, at one point in time and that's where you know cash flow is is crucial and uh, uh you know your trucks are turning and within that 60 day period your truck is gone is done thousands of miles you know so and, and the fuel is paid for yeah. the, the labor is paid for the maintenance is paid for that's yeah. that's why the, it's so cash flow intensive Anyhow, there's there's so much to think about, a lot to worry about. Insurance is your friend. Don't insure yourself. There's no question about that. That can help in certain circumstances. Thank you very much, Patrick. Pleasure. And as we approach the last moment of our show, we'll do as we do each week, turn to our guest, uh, Analdo. What would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? I think uh, uh, my, my one piece of advice would be uh, uh, if you're passionate in what you do, uh, just, just go for it. Uh, at the end of the day, if you're honest and transparent to your clients, That'll that'll come through, and they'll see um, they'll see the 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 honesty and the and the raw passion that you have. And at the end, um, you know they will they will stay with you through through thick. That that would be my my true uh, one liner. So. Thanks very much, Aldo, yeah, uh, Dan. I, you Thank know, you. a couple of takeaways that I get from the show. One is never underestimate the power of technology. It can be expensive to set up, but man, can it really help your business and help your profitability and understand which which direction to go. And the other one is, you know, we, we don't really talk about it a lot in past shows, but company retreats. It's amazing what kind of ideas can flow from the team that's really, that's really working for you when you get offsite and you challenge them. Aldo DeCarolis of Vitesse Transport out there in the trenches. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a, a great experience. Thank you so much. And thanks to Patrick Sullivan as well uh, with his insights. Josh, we're back in two weeks from now talking about plumbing. That's right. In the meantime, everybody file your taxes. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good night.